some of the most shocking material that I've ever prepared as far as preparing a message goes. And to, so tonight, that's literally the title of the message tonight, the most shocking sermon I've ever preached in my life. I was visiting with some of the church members after this uh, thing in Houston came out about the um, mayor in Houston who's an uh, open um, uh, homosexual. Uh, and I came, I, then I found out she was reelected. I'm like, man, Houston... What, what you, Houston, we have a problem, <laughs> making Apollo 13. Uh, and then, you know, when we were talking about, man, isn't this, this is kind of like uh, Germany and uh, in the 30s and Russia in the 40s, whenever they went in and they uh, state-run churches and they would tell churches what to, what to preach and what to, and I thought, well, and then as I started getting some more sources in and looking at this and and I, I see a pattern happening, and it's and this pattern is starting to snowball. Now, this really started snowballing years ago. We really didn't pay attention to this snowball. But this snowball is getting bigger. This snowball is hitting Arkansas. It's hitting Hamburg. This is uh, taking off. Uh, matter of fact, on this uh, very first example that I have on the next slide is of uh, on the next one. There we go. Jack Phillips, as you see there, a Colorado baker. This happened last year, and uh, this and really the problem happened in 2012. And and I, you know, at first there was one state in the United States that allowed homosexual marriage, and then there were two, then there were six, and now it's right at half of the United States that allows homosexual marriage. And this what it is is just it's a moral slide but it's also when you it's also like a moral compass. And whenever you look at a compass it tells you the direction, doesn't it? And we know this is the moral compass, folks. And this is it and people are not following this moral compass and the word of God. And so now the snowball is starting to trickle. But what happens is, is it's going to get to where we as people are going to be limited. And, uh, this, and what this got me, this is the shocking part, is that in all of these news reports that I started reading, the federal government, state governments, and local governments are saying this. And, uh, they were ordered these people to submit quarterly reports that they don't turn down homosexuals and that they rehabilitate. In other words, if you don't think correctly, the government wants to rehabilitate you and your children and your grandchildren. And so you can grow up. This is the, this is the language used now. This is the language that was used in the 30s and the 40s in Germany and Hitler if you didn't think correctly, they would put you in a place and they would rehabilitate your thinking. Now, this doesn't, I'm not talking about, now, I'm all for rehabilitating uh, uh, drug addicts. I'm all for rehabilitating, but that's physical. They're wanting to rehabilitate your thinking. They're wanting to re rehabilitate your, they call it sensitivity training. And as one redneck called it, they called it straight man rehab. 
In other words, if you're a straight man, they want to rehab you so that you will allow this for you, your kids, and so on and so forth. Go to the next slide. Just want to read you some things. This is Jack Phillips. He said this, my God is bigger than any bullies they've got. He said, I don't worry about it. I honor my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be true to what he wants me to do. And the Civil Rights Commission is going to have a mighty hard time trying to rehabilitate Phillips and his staff. They meant his whole bakery. And uh, my 87-year-old mom works here, and she says she's not being rehabilitated. And I like that. And uh, so his mom, so basically this is that, you see, I, don't you see this trickle? First, you, this would, bakery wouldn't be a problem until you allow the marriage. Then once you allow the marriage, then folks, this is, and you're going to see this, then the bakers that bake are going to come under us because they need a cake for the marriage. And so now this is starting the trickle effect. Go to the next slide. Martin said the Alliance Defending Freedom, that's the attorney, uh, will continue to stand with Jack against the overreach and tyranny by the state. They do have an anti-discrimination policy. And these policies all, um, ex- just like the one in Houston, just like the one recently passed in Fayetteville, and we'll get there, just like the one in Oregon, just like and we're getting there, this is the one in Colorado which says you cannot discriminate. And it used to be by race, sex, so on and so forth. You know, the way God made you. You know, your ethnicity. You're male or female. And, uh, and I've got a long ways to cover, and we're going to get to what, what do we do? And Jack has gone out on a limb, taking this stand, and not capitulated to the government's demands. She said that speaks volumes about him. And should the highest court in the land force Jack, next slide, um, that is another paragraph, but there's, there's civil disobedience. Uh, Phillips told me, we'll see what happens. I'm not giving up my faith. Too many people have died for this faith to give it up that easily. Meanwhile, the bullying tactics of the militant gay rights community have not hampered the bakery's bottom line. They've gotten so much business from the sale of cookies and brownies, they've temporarily stopped making wedding cakes. Obey Christ rather than worry about what man can do. So that's what he did to get out of it and to remain open. So the Christians went and flooded his business. There you have it, folks. In Colorado, you can't have your cake in religious beliefs, too. And uh, so, next slide. This is the next example. Aaron and Melissa Klein, they own a bakery in Oregon. Now, Jack's is the oldest case. This is the next oldest case amongst these bakeries. They were asked to speak at uh, a council, uh, freedom uh, something conference, their action, and uh, just went blank on that. And they were there as Christians. And so next slide. So now you see who they are. And they were asked to do the same thing. They were asked to, and matter of fact, the lay, especially in Oregon, there's more. Uh, apparently, they uh, got were coerced with mafia tactics by the uh, lesbian and gay community, and uh, and it forced them out of business. Not only that, they have to pay a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in fines, and uh, they had to close their bakery. This happened September 2013, the Oregon Equality Act of 2007, basically the same thing. Uh, 
Oregon's Bureau of Labor and Industries announced last month they had launched a formal dis- discrimination investigation against the Christian family. This article came about a year ago. So Commissioner Brad Vakian told the, or- the Oregonian, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Gonian, Oregonian, that he had committed to a fair and thorough investigation to determine whether Bakery discriminated against the lesbians. Next slide. Everybody is entitled to their own beliefs, but that doesn't mean that folks have the right to discriminate, he told the newspaper. The goal, this is his quote, is to, different, total different state, is to rehabilitate. We're going to rehabilitate your thinking. For those who do violate the law, we want them to learn from that experience and have a good, successful business in Oregon. In other words, Christians who live and work in Oregon, now these are not religious places. I read three this afternoon, and well, actually two this afternoon and one earlier in the week as I was developing the sermon. I was developing different things and doing the research, and I actually read the subpoenas and these uh, equality acts and non-discrimination acts and laws. I read them and, uh, to make sure that I conveyed the correct information to you. And uh, in other words, Christians who live and work in Oregon must follow man's law instead of God's law. But in a show of benevolence, the state is willing to rehabilitate and re-educate Christian business owners like the Kleins. So if you have a, uh, you know, and something going on, and, and this allows for all of these so far allowed for churches not to be coerced in their hiring practices. Like if we... Instead of, uh, we have uh, all of our custodians are in-house. We hire from inside the church. But say, it's like some churches hire outside the church. Therefore, you are open on the outside to these hiring practices. You cannot discriminate. So in other words, you could be forced to hire somebody that goes, to, their lifestyle totally goes against your beliefs. So far, the three that I read, which was Houston's, Oregon, actually, I didn't read Houston's. I read, uh, I didn't read Houston's. I read the subpoenas from Houston. I read Colorado's. I read uh, Idaho's. And I read Fayetteville's. And I'm just going to show you some excerpts from that. But all of them allowed exceptions for institutions, but not for people. So if you're a Christian owned business, even ministers, if you perform Weddings outside of your church, then if I say no to a gay or lesbian couple, say, I'm not marrying you, then you can fall up under, uh, you can be sued. And so, uh, so on and so forth. But anyway, uh, next slide. Klein said that this is the people in Oregon. The closing of their retail store was a small price to pay for standing up for their religious beliefs. As a man of faith, I am good spirits, he said. I'm happy to be serving the Lord and standing up for what's right. Klein said, what happened to sweet cakes by Melissa should be a warning to other Christians across the nation. Next slide. This is a fight that's been coming for a while, he said. Be prepared to take a stand. Hopefully the church will wake up and understand that we are under attack. Just last month, New Mexico's Supreme Court ruled that two Christian photographers, now we got bakers, now we got wedding photographers, who declined to photograph a same-sex union violated the state's Human Rights Act. One justice said the photographers were compelled by law to compromise the very beliefs that inspire their lives. Do you all see that quote? The state justice said that 
they are capitulated by law. You must give in. And so, next slide. In Indianapolis, a family-owned cookie shop faced discrimination investigation after they refused to make rainbow cookies for National Coming Out Day. A t-shirt company in Lexington, Kentucky, found itself at the center of a Human Rights Commission investigation after they refused to make t-shirts. You see, it's just not the bakers. It's just not the photographers. It's just not the cookie makers. It's the t-shirt companies. Anybody that's a Christian, if you have anything to do with the public, you are going to, like Daniel, like the three Hebrew children, you're going to be required to take or deny, deny Christ to say, I don't, I'll, I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm not going to stand for your word, okay? Or you are going to take a stand and be ostracized, uh, come under scrutiny, ridiculed, put out of business like the, you know, and we have enough Christians, in, apparently in Oregon, excuse me, in Colorado, there's enough Christians around that first guy and uh, Jack that, you know, supported his business, that he said business was booming, but that's because the Christians turned out to support him. And next slide. This is a couple. They're a four-square gospel, uh, which is a different belief than us, but the same thing. If they go after one religious organization, they're going after another. And they have the hitching post, Lakeside Chapel. Their specialty is weddings. Donald and Evelyn Knapp. Moving on. Next slide. Less than two weeks, this has just happened, by the way, after a federal appeals court struck down Idaho's ban. So, again, a federal court said, state, you don't know what you're doing. Remember, Arkansas, we just had ours, one justice in uh, Fayetteville, and not Fayetteville, uh, Pulaski County, uh, said, Oop, voters in Arkansas don't know how to run their state. Sorry, we're striking down our that marriage is between one man and one woman. I was talking to Sam about it, and you just get his ideas on it. But anyway, and uh, two ministers in northwestern Idaho of the Cordialine, I guess that's French or whatever, have filed a lawsuit claiming they could face up to 180 years in jail for refusing to perform a same-sex wedding. Next slide. Mike Huckabee, former presidential candidate and Southern Baptist minister, uh, says on, weighed in on Facebook. I know it's blue. I just copied and pasted him out of the newspaper article. Remember when same-sex activists said, it's okay, we need our marriage too. And it will ne- our marriages will never infringe upon other people's religious beliefs. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> now their marriages are coming after the bakers and the t-shirt makers and the photographers and the cookie makers and anybody that has anything to do with weddings or anything to do with uh, activism or anything to do with t-shirts. Next slide. However, according to city officials, the lawsuit itself, the Hitching Post, filed papers with the Idaho Secretary of State. They said this, this, moving on down, I'm trying to hurry. The city's ordinance explicitly states religious corporations are exempt from the law, and they are organizations, not people. They can go after anybody that refuses them. If you own the business, if you're the preacher, if you're the business owner, if you are the, the Christian that stands up on the scene... They can come after you if they if they're if they're if you're between them and something they won't. Next slide. It is worth noting that the Cur Ordinance and the Fayetteville Ordinance seem very similar. I looked at read both of them. 
both make it a crime. And by the way, I can forward you any of these email articles. I've got the newspaper articles in my email inbox. I can forward these to you if you want to read them or look at them. Both make it a crime to discriminate against anyone on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, and neither one has meaningful exceptions for ministers. Yeah. So please, somebody come visit me whenever I get arrested. All right. So just... Some banana pudding. Bring me some banana pudding or something. Anyway, next slide. Uh, this is neat. This is out of, I was wondering, you know, how these ordinance read. I just said, this is it. This is the way our society is headed because this is Fayetteville. This is a quote from their city ordinance. Gender identity means this. A person's gender-related identity. Whether or not that identity is perceived to be different from that traditionally associated with the sex assigned to that individual at birth. In other words, it's whatever you feel like you are. Next, gender expression means a person's gender-related appearance and behavior, whether or not that gender, these are quotes right from the city ordinance, is uh, perceived to be different than the traditionally associated with that person's assigned sex at birth. Next. Anybody remember who that guy is? Somebody say it? Flip Wilson. Anybody, how many ever, anybody ever remember that show? Anybody remember that show? Yeah. None of us want to admit to watching it now. <laughs> and, uh, but we remember it. But of course, his famous comedy, matter of fact, I purposefully picked a picture of him where he wasn't dressed up as a, as a woman, but that was part of his comedy routine. But you know what? As I look back and I laughed at those shows and, and I've laughed at people, you know, we've used that as comedy routine. Dressing up men. Well, they just had this uh, this week, this week in Hamburg High School. They had Transgender Day this week in high school and uh, Hamburg High School and, and used to see what has happened is, is we've let we've let a comedy routine, something that we used to laugh at, something we use as something funny. Again, there was we didn't see this coming. Nobody could even fathom in the seven. This was, matter of fact, this was, this topic was unfathomable in the 70s. There's no, we would say this would, day would never come in the 70s. It would never happen. What we used to laugh at is now being chosen and accepted, not as a comedy routine, but a lifestyle. And uh, matter of fact, it gave me this opportunity to talk to Caleb and Allie all over again. Matter of fact, I've even had the conversation with Robin. And Robin was telling me about, uh, in China, about boys were lifted up. And so there's a lot of boys. And now that there's no girls, and then the boys are having to turn to each other. And now the girls are looked at as being lifted up. And so you, you cannot uh, legislate the sexes. In other words, what you are, or you cannot say everybody have girls, ever had, but leave that to God. But see, China tried to do that. And so, and I've talked to him about that and about what's going on in China. And, uh, and so, but I took the opportunity to visit with him. I took the opportunity to visit with Allie and Caleb when this transgender day came up and we use it, we laugh at it. But what's happening is, is our kids, our kids are, are being engineered. 
They're being rehabilitated. They're being trained in the doctrine of the world. You say, well, it's not going to happen. It's already happening. The shows they watch, the kids they're around, it's, you say it won't happen. It's going to happen. And you're going to have to make a decision on what you're going to say, well, you know, and then I'm going to start getting counseling sessions like, okay, Brother Michael, do I allow my grandson, my granddaughter, who's a homosexual, and their partner to come into my home during Christmas, during Thanksgiving, during this? You say, well, where do we draw the line? There is no way we that we should ever stop loving our kids or our grandkids, no matter what choices they make. And we're going to see this in God's Word quickly. And uh, let's let's talk about and see what, what does God's word. Here's what I want to cover real quick. And I know that was a long introduction. When it comes to this shocking stuff, to me, this is what's shocking about it. I, I would have I, I really I almost let what happened in Houston pass off as a fluke. They're subpoena, subpoenaing, uh, getting a subpoena of uh those sermons, and even, I know four, I think five of those pastors weren't involved in the lawsuit. You, and it, it is okay to subpoena information for discovery for a lawsuit, depending on either side that you're on. It's fine. I mean, that's part of it. If you're involved in a lawsuit, they can look into your stuff, da-da-da-da-da. And uh, anyway, but these were not, these weren't. They were, you know what they were guilty of? Speaking out from the pulpit. This, they were saying this is wrong. A guy going into a woman's restroom is wrong. And I'll say that. They're just going to have to subpoena my sermon. Get it, get it, going to put it online. Let them listen at it. <laughs> you know? And that, that this lifestyle is wrong. <laughs> Let them listen to that. You know? I don't know how much longer I, if I keep preaching like this, I don't know how much longer. Been here nine and a half years. I don't, if this, the way it's going, it may not be that much longer. I don't know if, if you stand for those principles if you stand for those values but you know i said that's a fluke uh, the government coming into churches wanting pastor sermon well, that, that yeah that's kind of uh, uh george orwellian and uh, if you've read that book 1984 required reading big brother looking at everything you do and so on and so forth but now they're wanting to rehabilitate us. And I just didn't read this as a one article fluke. I read it and I read it and I read it and it's been going on for years. They're wanting to rehabilitate you and your kids and me and my kids and my grandkids. And they will do it if you don't say anything. If you don't teach your kids, if you don't tell your grandkids, this is what God's word says and it's not, you don't do what the crowd says. You don't do that or, or else then you're going against God's word. And so just quickly, uh, we'll look at these scriptures, second Timothy three and, uh, <clears throat> what these have to say. Now this just means that this is sin. Second Corinthians three, verse one, it says this, and Kenneth's going to keep up so you can do it in your Bible or on the screen, either one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, 
fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Back up to 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. That's what I'm teaching on Wednesday nights. Little whispers. It's okay. Just love everybody. There's nothing wrong with it. Doctrines of devils. Those means de- that means demons. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. In other words, have you ever noticed somebody that goes for this lifestyle or goes against the Bible? Their lives contradict. They will always, uh, uh, a sinner's lifestyle, they will always contradict it just to justify their own lifestyle. Uh, now, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians Six verse nine. This is just and there's a bunch of other scriptures. This just means that, yes, we're headed this way. But this this means that I and you should not roll over. And you say and then you say, well, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But if you remain quiet and in your house, everybody else, you're just going this. Why didn't somebody tell me? It's our job to speak up. That doesn't mean that you have to run for office, but it, we should speak up. Uh, the Bible says in this, uh, it says in James 4, To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The Word of God says we, if we know to do good and we do it not, It means I know a good thing. I know what the Bible says, but I'm not going to tell everybody. I'm not going to speak up. The Bible says we shouldn't be ashamed. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says this. Know you not that the unrighteous... This is talking about people whose lives are characterized by these things. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, lost people. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. And the word effeminate is pretty interesting. It means this. It means, it, Greek is malikos. And malikos, Paul wasn't pulling any punches. It means malikos is lewd homosexual perversion. It literally means that. Lewd homosexual perversion. That's what that word effeminate means. Okay? And it says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So in other words, it's continuing that same thought. Nor thieves, nor covetous. You say, well, a thief can't go into heaven. Not if he lives for that. If that's his lifestyle, it means his heart's not changed. That's the way he chooses to live. And a homosexual says, I love Jesus, but his life does not change. He's not saved. He's not saved. The cross, remember me preaching this morning, the cross changes us. The cross changes our life. Now, I'm going to ask you that all this has to do with, uh, you know, this is sin. So what do we do? John chapter 8. Now, here's the questions. I want to ask five questions. And, and uh, it's, it's going to require just a smidgen of overtime. You are doing great. Here's my questions. When you're faced with... Uh, 
people that believe either A, they practice this, or B, they believe it's okay. How do you respond? Now, you don't make a sign and hold it up like some uh, crazy people out here doing. God hates gay people. He doesn't. He does not. He loves people. He wants them to be saved. God doesn't. He hates sin. And it says when God hates certain people, there are scriptures that says it, but it's talking about their lifestyle or what the nation stood for. And uh, remember when he said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated? Because Esau went after other gods. And uh, so Esau was rebelling at the time. And so there, sometimes God does say he hates, but it means the way they're living. God doesn't hate people. He wants them to be saved. He hates what people do. How should you respond? How do you come across to somebody with love? How do you not retaliate? Because when they come and they want to shut down your business, your income, your livelihood. Now, not everybody in here is self-employed. But if they, you know, if they come and they figure out a way. And, uh, you know, Brother Bush says, I'm not spraying that home. You know, and then all of a sudden they come after Brother Book. Well, I don't know. You know, so he might use it as an opportunity to witness. I don't know. But you see anybody that's self-employed runs and wants to be a Christian runs that risk. Uh, how do you share and how do you stand? John 8, verse 10. Of course, this is one I mentioned this morning. And uh, what Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery. John 8:10 and when Jesus lifted up himself he saw none but the woman he said unto her woman where are your accusers hath no man condemned thee she said no man lord and Jesus said unto her neither do I condemn thee but what did he say go and sin no more again how do you respond go to James 5:19 now, I know I'm running some things, but I need to give you, if you want to underline it or jot this down, or I'll email you a copy of my notes uh, or whatever. But James chapter 5, verse 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, verse 20, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That means not only stand up to some for somebody, but tell them this. You say, well, you know, we always say, well, hey, I, you're judging me. You're judging me. No, 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 I'm trying to, the Bible says I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to share with you. And this is what I stand on. And if we get persecuted for Standing up to somebody in love. He said, neither do I condemn thee. But what did he say? Go and sin no more. If you convert your brother, you've saved him from a... You're trying to keep him from a lifestyle that's going to tear his life apart. Um, how do you come across to someone in love? Um, how, do you, how do you come across to somebody in love? Galatians 6. Now, this is powerful. Again, thanks for hanging in there with me. Uh, for a little extra time. Uh, what's the question? The first one is, how do you respond? I showed you two scriptures, Jesus and James. That's two good ones. There's others, but I don't have time. How do you respond in love? And as a Christian, Galatians 6, 1. 
Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, that means you're mature, you're kind, you love Jesus, and you do what? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In other words, you go to somebody that's caught up in a sinful lifestyle and you say, I care for you, but this this is not according to my Bible. And it says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, meaning you could be right there with them. I could be the alcoholic. I could be the drug addict. I could be the one that made a mistake in a sexual sin. I could be the and I, I've got to have compassion on them. The Bible says to you say, uh, they getting what everything they deserve. I hope they get AIDS and I hope. Uh, their body just rots. I've had Christians say that about homosexuals. They deserve every aid germ they get, and I hope their body just rots. And I've had Christians, Christians, you mean, I mean, core of the church Christians that with that type of this, that, that ain't the same attitude I'm reading here. Verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you want a standard for measuring somebody's spiritual maturity, the Bible, if you back up just a few verses, you'll see it. back uh, Right here in my Bible, there's Galatians 6. I'm going to go up. And Galatians 5.22 says this. Galatians 5.22 says this. When you look around this church, you want to know who's spiritually mature? It's easy. It's easy. The fruit of the Spirit means people that are saved and mature. Saved, mature Christians produce fruit, period. Saved, mature Christians produce fruit, period. Period. No exceptions, period. The fruit is people that love, people that have joy, people that have peace, people that have long-suffering, people that have gentleness, people that have goodness, people that have faith. Verse 23, people that have meekness. That just means strength under control. People and temperance means the same thing. You can control yourself, and temperance is self-control. That's all it is. Against such there is no law. And that's the way. That is biblical maturity right there, okay? And, uh, and so that's how... You respond in love. Those two, there's more. Uh, of course, many of you know, for lack of time, of course, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your readable service. And verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed in your thinking. Our children's brains are being transformed and our grandkids' brains and they're going to celebrate Transgender Day and laugh at the guys in the dresses and the girls in the, in the man suits and all of these. And, and I'm not saying that anybody that's done that, that what it is is you've made light of something that has become sin. And it's become sin because it went from comedy to here and here. And now we're being rehabilitated. Words that were used by Hitler and Nazi Germany, the Third Reich, and Stalinism, Soviet Union. Now it's Russia. When I was growing up and most of y'all were growing up, it was the Soviet Union. And that was a 
atheistic government, a godless government. Now they're wanting Christians in, but they can't do it. They, when, they, when communism fell, after President Reagan did his thing, and communism fell, and Mikhail Gorbachev and all that happened, and, and guess what? The floodgates were open. It not only opened up to churches, but guess what? The Soviet, excuse me, Russia is overrun with every sexual perversion known to man right now. When the doors opened, it not only opened to religion, it opened up to every perverted idea. And Russia's rampant with sin right now. Because, and guess what it's the effects of? A godless government for decades and decades. And the Christians can't keep up because sin is more attractive. And guess what's happening to America? We've let down our guard, and we've, we've stayed silent long enough, and I've passed out how to vote, but, you know, all we're doing is we're the little boy holding the, the plug in the dam. The dam's about to bust. And it doesn't, hey, listen, it's happened to me, and we are no better than Daniel. We are no better than Jeremiah. And if our country gets overrun with a godless government and a godless society, we've reaped what we've sowed. But it does not mean God's dead. It does not mean that we can't stand. If we can dare to be a Daniel, because Daniel, in Daniel 1.8, what did he say? He purposed in his heart he would not eat the king's meat, even though he was surrounded by the enemy. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean if the government falls, and I'm talking about not falling, you know what I'm talking about, ghost immorality and down that street. And if our in, in Fayetteville's in, in all in the name of equality, all in the name of not offending anybody, all in the name of it's okay to be gay and this and that and whatever your flesh desires to do. That's what our society's accepting, and it's because we've been too quiet. And uh, about the only we preach to each other. We need to be preaching out there. And uh, we, I mean, we amen each other all day long, don't we? And uh, but it's it's easy to be a Christian in here, and uh, mm-hmm, it it is. We got to get it outside these walls, outside these walls. Amen, brother Ed. We got to and 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 in, hey, listen, and y'all know, y'all know what I've been preaching. I'm not preaching against people. I'm preaching against the lifestyle. I'm preaching against the sin. I'm preaching against a perversion. You're taking God's design. The reason it's, it's abhorrible to God is you're taking God's design and you're twisting it. You know, even, even uh, sex outside of marriage is a perversion. You're, because why? It's going against God's design. That's, that's it. So all of these are sin, but you're taking God's design and you're twisting it and making it something else. And... Uh, all of these that we need to have the mind of Christ as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Folks, if this is, you say, ah, oh, preacher, this, I knew all that. This ain't shocking to me. Well, I wish you had told me. <laughs> as this has come to a shock, these words that I've been reading, I did not know they're trying to rehabilitate Christians. I did not know that to this week. This news about Houston, I didn't, I must, I'm not, and I'm, you know, maybe we're just so secluded down here in the Bible Belt, and we just, we don't hear about what's happening in Oregon, and, and in Colorado, and, and now in Houston, and now in Fayetteville, and, and now Transgender Day in Hamburg, and it used to, to me, you know, laugh at Flip Wilson style, 
now I think we've laughed, we've laughed long enough, haven't we? And we've let things slip. And I say we, I'm putting me in there too. And, I, and it, took, it gave me an opportunity. If anybody is going to rehabilitate my kids, it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And, and it, I'm going to put them in the hands of God. It was safer there even more than my hands. He did place them in my hands for 18 years or so. But I, please don't let me drop the ball on my watch. If you've got a teenager at home, there's some of you on here, or you have even an influence on a teenager, take every chance you have. Just, if you see, hey, we used to not see, this used to be a big deal, and we had boycott a local station when they did it, whenever there was a homosexual scene or a show that even mentioned homosexuality on TV, we had boycotted. Well, we thought now, when, and I'm going to go ahead and say this, when you see it, you, you just immediately, immediately, and if you've got a DVR, you hit pause. And you take the remote from them, hit pause, and say, listen, this is why this is wrong. And, and you can go on and so forth. I was talking to Allie about uh, that the other day, a show she was watching, and two people were having uh, an intimate moment. Not, not anything that she shouldn't have been watching, but what it was, it was leading toward the intimacy that these two people weren't married. I made her stop and think about that. And it uh, wasn't showing anything that she shouldn't see, but it was, it was conveying the idea. And so the idea, and I'm listening to change the idea. It's my job and it's your job. Well, use whatever tool you got to. The pause button, the stop button, the off button, the out button. I don't know. <laughs> whatever tool you need. We live in a society where you, we, can, we, can, we, can blind, we can just go through life with blinders on and we can pretend this is not real. Or we can say, I got to say something because my Bible compels me to.